Kids, fiction is the truth inside the lie. And the truth of this fiction is simple enough. The magic exists. This is the opening line to Stephen King's author forward in his 1986 novel, It. Fiction is the truth inside the lie. A short phrase, a simple phrase, but a powerful phrase. Hello, Scrappers. Andrew Giro here, the voice behind Vargas No Plan the Broken, more recently in his life known as Vargas Junk Punch. And I'd like to welcome you all to this new podcast of ours, Machine Learning, a pod about the machine, from Pod Against the Machine, the only podcast with a supplementary podcast with a 25-word title. Our goal with this new podcast is to enlighten you, our audience, about the inner workings of Pod Against the Machine, while also striving to be both entertaining and education. Like Sesame Street, if it featured killer rock monsters and brain-eating nanites. Through a combination of recaps, both in and out of character, small in-universe skits, and general discussion among the cast, we hope to better help you get to know us as players, our characters, the world of Numeria, and even the game of Pathfinder itself. Fiction is the truth inside the lie. Our fiction here at Pot Against the Machine is the Iron God's Adventure Path. The lie, so to speak, is that we are a group of daring adventurers working together to save this doomed town from a technological menace. Obviously, we're, in reality, we're just a group of friends playing a game. But fiction is the truth inside the lie. Whether you're playing a mighty barbarian warrior, a hardened noir detective, or just some kid living in the Midwest in the 80s, every character you create is fundamentally a part of you, and every campaign you play becomes, at least somewhat, a real place to you. Even, sometimes especially, if that place only exists in the heads of you and your friends. The truth of this fiction is simple enough. The magic exists. Whether that magic is the real magic of the game world, that otherworldly power that allows your creations to fly through the air, hurling the very building blocks of reality itself at each other in an epic showdown to decide the fate of Galarian. The magic of finding the perfect state of mind where you can just see yourself as a great adventurer or a dashing pirate, or even just that simplest magic of all, the feeling you get when you and those close to you gather together to create something larger than the sum of its parts. Whatever that magic is, it undeniably exists. So, in this episode, the next two episodes that should be premiering in subsequent weeks and the hopefully many, many monthly episodes to come after, we here at Pot Against the Machine are honored to share our fiction, our truths, and our lies, our unique magic with all of you. Welcome to Machine Learning. Machine learning. Executing. 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 
executing. If you're like me, you can subtly adjust the color and texture of your skin to match your environment and thus hide from the never-ending stream of dangers that lurk in the world around us. But if you're not like me, you're constantly getting injured. Stabbed by gremlin traps, eaten alive by alien rock monsters, clawed up by skeletons. You get the idea. It's okay. You suck. We get it. That's why my Skulk Tribe has started the We All Suck Clinic Charity for adventurers who can't heal themselves and don't have the good sense to stay out of trouble. Just come see us. We're only 300 feet down, conveniently located through a yawning and lightless portal to the Darklands, which are, of course, populated with terrors far beyond what the mortal mind can even begin to comprehend. Bring a bit of rope, a pitten, an adamantine wire saw, whatever you can spare, and head home with a healing potion, a friendly pat on the head, and some words of encouragement. Down here, everyone sucks, and we want you to know that. W-A-S-C-C-A-W-C-H-T-D-H-G-S-S-O-T is not a legally recognized charity by any governing body and is not responsible for falling damage in excess of 1d6 non-lethal. Drider attacks are a pre-existing hazard of the Darklands and are not covered by our adventuring plans. Use at your own risk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Machine Learning, a pod about the machine. From Pod Against the Machine. The only podcast with a supplementary podcast with a 25-word title. I am this week's host, uh, Jiro, the voice of Vargas, and joining me is Izzy, the voice of Kira. Should I say so? Hi, I'm Izzy, the voice of Kira. (laughs) Jeff, the voice of Asher. Hello, I'm Jeff, the voice of Asher. Zach, the voice of Brixby. Hello, everyone. I'm Zach, the voice of Brixby. And Sam, the voice of Garrett. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Sorry, that, that's my real voice. Um, hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm Sam, the voice of Garrett. At all. And uh, <laughs> we are here, as mentioned in the intro, to just kind of talk about the machine. Figured we would start off with a little bit of a recap So we're going to just talk a little bit about the first five episodes or so of the show. Uh, Hopefully we don't go too far past those five. No promises from myself personally. I guess to start off, how's everybody feel about the... You know, how about the introduction? That's always something that seems so hard to make organic in a game especially in a game that you're having people listen to is everybody's first time meeting each other in their reason for grouping together what's everybody think about how we did that i think like the ap itself neil spicer provides like a pretty solid MacGuffin to bring everybody together which is pretty cool so i think that that was kind of a nice point for us to mesh it, it wasn't necessarily so railroady but it's wasn't too free for him either. That beat also was the the first episode was the beginning of my love affair with the mystery of Asher Halick. Cause man, I remember Asher's intro in particular. I'm like, what is his deal? And spoiler listeners, we are many episodes in and I still feel the same way. We don't know. Yeah. I'm honestly more confused now than I was when we met him. <laughs> Who is Asher? 
I thought we did a pretty good job of meeting up even without the MacGuffin, mainly because I panicked and was like, oh no, everyone else is talking but me, what do I do? And we'll totally claim most MacGuffed in there. But even prior to, you know, that that, <laughs> <laughs> that um, tiny bit of narration um, with the, hey, there's a reward, town is in danger. We had all technically met in the square as immediate best friends, as I recall. That was my, it's in my notes, so it's true. I find it personally amusing that the mysteries of Asher Halich haven't been addressed in-game because nobody has asked him anything. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like, where is this? Who is this guy? Where is he from? I don't know. Did you ask him? Maybe he'd tell you. We don't want to be rude. (laughs) You can't just say, where are you from? The one time he was asked his name, he did say his name was Sanville Tret. So, wrong episode. That's not (laughs) in this. Episode one. That's not in one through five. I'm banishing myself. Thanks, Sam. No. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're confronted with other possibly slightly larger mysteries right now. But that doesn't make your mystery any less an enigma-wrapped gift that I want to unwrap. No, I mean, I think Bricks is really interested, but it's also, it's crazy because a very short period of time has elapsed in game. But life-changing things have occurred between all of us as well in that interim, which I think, you know, I feel like I know the characters intimately well by being in multiple long, arduous combats with them. But at the same time, I couldn't tell you what any of these characters were doing six days ago or something like that in game. I don't think Bricks could. And I don't think anybody really could. Odd when you when you think about it, even by a little peek behind the curtain, we're recording this uh, right before episode 14 goes out. Probably by the time this is out, 15 will be out also. But even by that point, a lot has happened as hours and hours of material. But in game, they've had maybe three full days together. And so, like, while us, the players, kind of feel like we know each other's stuff, these people are all still basically complete strangers to each other. <laughs> and it's kind of weird to think about that, like, and that they're kind of working together, that they've become the very capable four, the defenders of <laughs> Torch. I believe we're actually still on the second day of the adventure as of the end of episode 15. Is it only two? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we haven't slept yet by 15, yeah. See, there's that particular marker we've identified mm-hmm. as end of day that I can't give away because spoilers, but uh, that has only happened, I don't even yeah. know, by 14. Hasn't yet. Well, because 14 is, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here since we're supposed to be talking about 1 through 5, but uh, 14 is the most exciting robot battle to have ever been recorded. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for us to remember back, listeners, because we've recorded uh, 136 episodes so far. It's all in the very distant past. Yeah, we actually, uh, last week we had the boss fight with the uh, BBEG yeah. and we yep. finished book six. That's We're very far ahead of our recording schedule. We're uh, really apocalypse-proofing this. I'll be celebrating my 40th birthday tomorrow, so um, you're all invited because the pandemic is over and everyone lives in the same city. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for like future times. Yeah, everyone on Earth <laughs> lives in the same city. The last remaining bastion against the zombies and the murder hornets. You know, of all the uh, sci-fi books to come true, Mortal Engines with the giant city on wheels really was not expecting that to be the one. Um. <laughs> yeah. 
So I guess I have a question for everybody. And this is a kind of a hard one based off of the answers to that, that last question about us not totally knowing a whole lot about each other at this point in game. What do you think it is that drives your character to stay in this group? that drives your character to lay their life on the line. Episode 14, we've all probably at this point done some selfless actions for one another. Where does that come from? I mean, without revealing too much, because obviously there's, but, but I'm interested. I volunteer myself. He, I would say that Bricks, I exposed a little bit of this in game, but like he's worked with a lot of mercenary groups before. He's, he's acted as a guide primarily so he's used to linking up with groups of people who are just bound by coin but are kind of willing to risk their lives for one another for a very brief period of time towards a goal and then everyone kind of goes their separate ways so i think there's some operative understanding of like battlefield trust and, and experience that we've put together but i think and i mean more of this will be revealed later bricks is way less of the lone independent swaggling rogue that he comes off as yeah Chitterhome, the Ahsoki are extremely communal they literally and figuratively live on top of each other i think he needs groups to survive literally and figuratively i no no okay, okay there there we go and now <laughs> i can um, is he yeah piggyback on that in the sense that <laughs> kira is you know like as in orc she's i think technically at adulthood but was raised with humans and is very much still in the mindset of coming of age and this is how we're doing the world now i'm going to go explore i'm also mild spoiler alert for what episode two we pretty immediately find her best friend like dead which she does with these strangers and i think that it's not so much a vulnerable moment for her as kind of like a well hey i don't want this to happen again i don't really know these people but this is uncomfortable and i would assume if it happens again in any instance it's going to be more uncomfortable so it's partly just her being a kid and pretty lonely aside from parta and partly her being like this is my first time on an adventure and i assume everyone around me will die if we're not super close i can't say it doesn't really you know, and obviously we'll get into the rest of that stuff later, but it doesn't go much further than that. And we, going back to like what Zach said before about us not really knowing each other, the rest of us don't really know how close you were with Parda. We just know she was a friend. Like, I don't think you ever specifically told the rest of the group that she was your best friend. She was just someone you knew. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't know that <laughs> until we started. <laughs> I had a line from Sam about Parda and I was like, cool, I guess they'll be friends. Maybe more than friends. And then episode two was like, oh, no. Okay, well, never mind. Yeah, the second you called it the dead friend blanket, not the dead best friend blanket, you you put her in her place right there. <laughs> there is a number. If this was uh, if this was my space, Harder would probably be at like a six or seven. That's a lie. Kira has no other friends. <laughs> She'd be at a solid one, maybe two, after <laughs> Kira's mom. I say Tom, Garrett, <laughs> Sorry, Harder, three. right after Tom. <laughs> Am I tossing it to Jero? Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna toss it to Jeff. I was not ready. <laughs> uh, in Vargas's case, he is possibly not all right in the head uh, it i'm being very deliberately vague to the point that i myself haven't even fully decided one way or the other whether he is actually getting 
messages from his god or whether he's kind of gone nuts, but he believes that he is in Torch for a reason, like for fate, and it is important to get the Torch relit. And I believe like his opinion on the rest of the characters, it probably started with, well, these people also want to do it, let's work together, it's better than nothing. And I feel like as they've gone on and they've fought together, because he is from a kind of group where when you battle together like that's the closest thing you can do, that's showing your true self to someone kind of thing. So I think he's gained a lot of respect for the other characters after seeing them fight and stuff. Or like with Kieran Parta, like seeing that this one died in battle and this other one is mourning her, like that's something that he can, that's something he has a frame of reference for. Like, he doesn't have a frame of reference for some of the other crazy stuff going on, but that part he gets. <laughs> so, uh, I guess I'll toss it over to Jeff. Oh, I thought you were going to ask Garrett. <laughs> Garrett, what are you what fighting he, Why he's traveling with us. Um, yeah, so Asher, his motivations haven't really changed beyond what what he described in that first episode between the town hall and the meeting outside Sandville Trett's tent. He wants to help the town and make a little coin, sees a noble cause, and just commits to it. He's that sort of guy who community is important to him. The well-being of this town is important to him, not for, as far as we know, any personal ties to the town or its occupants, just... He's a good guy, wants the world to be good wherever he goes, and if he can play a part in that, he's ready to do so. This seems like a good time to interpose. I have one friend who listens to this podcast because I have no friends who play Pathfinder, uh, and that one friend's favorite character is Asher. Sorry, everybody else, and also me. <laughs> oh. Everyone I know's favorite character is Kira, so it makes me pretty happy okay, that is that one person, <laughs> including trade. my wife. Once we have, we have, I'm not wearing it. We have friendship bracelets, so, you know. Do you have friendship bracelets or do you have, like, marriage bracelets? You probably have marriage bracelets. In our culture, we have rings. <laughs> Uniquely Portland. Uh, one little bit I did want to mention about the, the coming together at the very beginning is the PDF basically says, you're a group and you want to do this. And that's where we're jumping off. So there's not like that organic built-in, oh, goblins are attacking the town where you happen to all be right now and you're all thrown in it together. Or like you're all going to such and such an event at the same time and you're being attacked. But I, I don't yeah. want to do spoilers for the beginning of every AP. But, but um, You just did. <laughs> well, and this one is kind of unique in that it's an issue that's already ongoing when the story starts. It's not like you get to the town of whatever and then something happens. Like, this thing happened before we got here. Like, you specifically get into town X number of days after it happened. And that is kind of unique compared to the other APs, both that I've attempted to play and fizzled out, which was two of them, and the ones that I've listened to, which is another three. They all kind of pretty much started with you're somewhere and then something happens. 
So this one is kind of unique, like Sam said, in that the thing happens and then you're there. The driving force. And I sort of, I really like how at the start of this one, you always have that weird thing where it's like, why are a group of level one characters the ones that are taking on this task to save the town or to Mm -hmm. fight this evil? Because theoretically, there's already people in town who are tougher than you guys. But in this case, you've got several groups that already went down and never came back. So the the town sort of already sent those people that are higher level level than you that are supposed to be able to solve the problem. And uh, now they're grasping at straws. So congratulations. Yeah, we saw how well that worked out for them. (laughs) I'd say on the last topic of meeting up, And this is, let's see, so at full disclosure, I'm sure this will come up again, but this was, this was my first actual Pathfinder game. My third Paizo, and like my fifth really TTRPG, like before that it all been like play by post and pretty much that, or like video games, which don't really count. So I'm very much used to the like, we all start in a tavern somewhere thing, which there was an element of that, we don't know each other and we're gonna go on this adventure, but I really enjoyed having that same we started recording the episode what like two months after we all met if that and so now being like we said what two three days in the game and but like i've we all met last summer it's so interesting to me to see how even just the way that we talk as in and out of character changes um and we've talked about that a couple times too like just off the conversations that we have in between recording sessions or or the conversations we're able to have between each other have changed so much since those first like three episodes. Kind of. Hi, I'm Izzy. Um, I will move forward three squares. I can do that, right? Can I move forward? No, I can't. Okay, I will not do that. Um, is like, I think adds an element of additional adventure friends. And hopefully no one dies because that would really... <laughs> Luckily, uh, Pathfinder is notorious for how hard it is to kill PCs in it. especially in early episodes too we had some harrowing escapes well maybe not escapes some eked out victories that's a perfect transition then into our uh, combat in the first couple episodes and the massive difference between our first combat and our second combat (laughs) Which, the first combat, Asher killed one of the enemies in a single hit in the first round of combat, versus the second one, when half the party was knocked unconscious and the other half was blinded. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't by a color spray, somehow. I don't know. (laughs) So, how did everybody feel about those first couple of combats? Really glad we didn't drown. That 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 was good. First, first combat against those three glowy bugs, which of which I know there is a different name because we put in Discord, but I refused to research. It was great. That was that was it. That was like our first on-air combat. Everyone did way more damage than was necessary, except for Brixie, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> Zach looks upset for listeners at home. <laughs> Nailed that one, and then immediately went to the frog, and it was quite different. I... I don't think I thought I was going to die. I definitely thought I was going to drown. There was a point at which we were all, half the party was blinded. And then Vargas and Kira were like in the water with the frog. And I was like, oh, this is, this seems like a bad place to go down. I've never played any Pathfinder underwater rules, but I know from real life, if you go underwater, sometimes you can drown because of physics. (laughs) 
Yeah, I have to say the the first combat, because of being the ranged character, everyone's sort of the other three characters are making their way towards the beetles. So even though Asher wasn't first in initiative, he got the first attack roll of the podcast. And so getting a crit on the first attack roll in the game was just I'm still coming down from that high all these hundreds <laughs> of episodes later. Uh, it was awesome. I felt really good about myself. And then to start off that next combat blind, it's like, well, <laughs> there's some humility. <laughs> See, I like to keep my performance consistent whether I'm blind or I'm sighted. Ineffectual. Your dedication the to the craft. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, method acting, commitment, all of that. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, first impressions were like, wow, I'm really glad we have a ranged combatant who works against touch AC because he is going to need to pull for himself and me as I waited my 20 feet uh, around with my kitchen knife attached to my tail. Yeah, I learned pretty quickly that this is going to be an unforgiving AP for characters that are not capable of dealing high levels of damage in one go, be it big strikes or probably later vital strike pummeling style stuff and, and, and whatnot. Um, Asher's gun. Like, man, this is not something that you can just like nick and cut people to death in, which a small sized rogue is only capable of doing. Luckily, my personality makes up for my lack of utility in almost every other aspect of the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. And yeah, you did. You did. I live next to a train, everyone. <laughs> that that we'll call that part of the what external podcast situations when I knew I was doing this podcast and I was like, I have to move out of my parents' house because I have a lot of background parent noise. And then I moved into an apartment next to an elevated train. Next to an elevated train. Yeah, you said before next to a train, but I didn't realize what you meant by next to a train. For uh, the people at home who can't visually see this, we just watched a train go by <laughs> out Izzy's window in the, the uh, Skype call. I cannot tell you how many times I've had that exact discussion. Where I'll be like, so just so you know, I live next to a train. I'm like pretty good at controlling that background sound. Discord doesn't usually pick it up. And people are like, okay, okay. And then eventually someone's like, is that the train? I'm like, yes, you can wave at the people from your screen. It's fine. <laughs> That said, yeah. it'll be really easy to get to work one day. Maybe. I was going to say, it's convenient, at least. Oh, you could Spider-Man. Just jump out on, on the train. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've My immediate it. thought. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening at home, we do not recommend jumping out of a window onto an elevated train. <laughs> yeah, our lawyers uh, specifically say that one's a no-no. Unless you have a couple levels in Black Powder Walter. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Vexing Dodger. Uh, okay, so what else happened in those first couple ones? Oh, we met the Skulks. Happened to that was a lovely meeting. And uh, my first question for this is actually going to be for the DM. Were you expecting us to be friendly to the Skulks? Or was the game expecting us to be friendly to the Skulks? Or was that expected to be a combat? The game puts it out both ways. The Skulks kind of don't want to fight because they just got housed by <laughs> some other groups and they lost their leader they lost most of their numbers and they would rather not fight but I thought 
with how Kira was reacting to Parda, knowing that they had killed Parda, I thought there was no way that that wasn't going to be a fight. Um, so I was surprised at that point. Yeah. To be clear, I was fully ready to fight, but also I, Izzy, was like, mm, I don't want to be responsible for anyone's character now. Well, it's going to be a bummer. Slash, I think we came out of that other, the frog fight. <laughs> we came out of the frog fight, half the party blinded and the other half down to what, like two collective HP between us. So, Plus we got yeah, the, the, the gold. You suck out of that came from mm. Kara's, Kara's hate of the the skulks in general. <laughs> and we milked that for a good at least 5 episodes if not longer. One of it was our first podcast joke, which I think is a uh, for those at home I just simulated marking one on the board. But yeah, I I that was Still also for the second one. <laughs> <laughs> the Seth voice was a good one too. It was a a susurrous experience listening to your sibilant sing. I forgot Seth wasn't the leader. Kira has mostly negative feelings, but again, Izzy is like, love Seth, we're best friends, this is great, and I totally forgot that that she was not originally in charge. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of like AP back matter that there's never really a reason for you to know, but there was a sorcerer in charge of their group. That sorcerer is dead. Seth. Well, you know, honestly, looking back on the decision to move to a primarily rope-based economy doesn't seem like the well-thought-out, even-handed policies of an experienced leader. I mean, I don't know. I mean, not to question. Well, stuff is nothing if not practical. (laughs) You, my friend, clearly do not understand how useful rope can be. This one time I started a podcast and it turned out none of the characters had rope in those kind of initial test games. And there was, spoiler alert, we, they all died (laughs) at one point. Unrelatedly, (laughs) perhaps. We can't prove that. Correlation sometimes is causation. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if we've ever actually mentioned on the podcast that we... When we did test games, I, I did a couple of homebrew scenarios, and in the second one, I overtuned the crap out of the end fight and it killed everybody. Killed everybody mm. real bad. Yeah. <laughs> it killed a the level five versions of everybody. <laughs> uh, they were level three. When you guys were level, oh, level five, three, you yeah. came back and, and mopped them up. Oh, that's right. The third test was level five. That's right. <laughs> I assumed we would make part of that because one of the questions was how did we all meet yeah and I was like that's a fun story to tell so uh, we'll just transition there Drew I'll <laughs> take over that's please I'm not doing that don't yeah actually uh, okay so and I think one other big notable thing that happened within the first five episodes uh, we had the imp fight which that had some interesting stuff that was I think our first issue with possibly accidentally bending the rules a little bit <laughs> with the uh, invention of uh, flanking for tiny creatures. Yeah, and the problem with that is basically I get that, I mean I get it now, I was totally just wrong when it was happening, but like, if those things can't flank they can't hurt anybody. They can not They can do one damage ever, and the traps are there, and they're kind of a real threat, which is fun in its own right, but I don't know. 
I thought it was a little bit more fun if those ones were actually able to, like, all basically be climbing all over somebody and in that way doing extra damage. Yeah, like swarm you. Yeah. As the episode was called. Consensual <laughs> uh, swarming. But uh, the other big thing was we got our first glimpse at ancient technology. We saw our first robot and we saw the entrance to this area that as we eventually find out is very technologically advanced especially in terms of pathfinder but yeah we fought a robot which doesn't happen very often in the pathfinder game spoiler alert for people that might be getting wrong ideas about how the technology levels in this game normally work robots are kind of rare so us running into that janitor robot was a bit of a uh sharp swerve compared to the kind of enemies you're used to fighting in a Pathfinder game. What's everybody's kind of opinion on uh, just in general? You know, uh, well, kind of this will be our last little bit of the recap. Just a quick thing of what does everybody think of this being kind of more sci-fi-ish than a normal Pathfinder AP? I love it. Short-lived cartoon from my childhood, Thundar the Barbarian. I don't know if anybody watched this before. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's like basically in the year 4000, Earth has been racked with a bunch of different uh, natural disasters, I think caused by a comet or something. Regardless, it results in this Conan the Barbarian style world that also has sorcery and uh, sorcerers reanimating old technologies and robots to fight these kind of like savage barbarians, right? So this fell directly into that wheelhouse. And that just, I mean, it, it, it elates me to my core. I, we talked a little bit about like the Howardian aspects, but like the sci-fi aspects of this kind of like savage post-apocalyptic kind of vibe. Um, oh God, it's so good. It's not Starfinder, which is, you know, obviously fantastic and full on sci-fi flavored, but you know, I, I, I like my fantasy with a little bit of sci-fi and my sci-fi with a little bit of fantasy. And, and Paizo does that exceptionally well. But yeah, no, I mean, this, I love sci-fi and this hit a perfect note for me. I had never played, have never played another Pathfinder AP. So as far as I'm concerned, this is standard. I had played since Starfinder. So this felt like a solid transition. I had also spent all all last summer before playing Horizon Zero Dawn. So I was very excited to be like, yes, I'm going to ride metal dinosaurs. We haven't done any of that, which is fine. But I will keep an eye out because I want to do the thing where you climb up on top and you stab them in the head. And you get a map of the situation, you know, as you do. Mm-hmm. I'm getting I'm not. largely blank stairs, uh, which is fine. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. I don't have a PlayStation. Uh, It was an appeal to me, not to spoil the question that we'll answer about how we all met, but seeing that this wasn't just going to be a podcast for any old AP, but for Iron Gods, Iron Gods has been high up on my list since I first heard of it, precisely because of the blend that Zach talked about. Sci-fi, the fantasy, mashed together, I'm here for it. It's, I mean, really, it's as simple as that to me. Uh, Numeria is such an interesting place. I, I've intentionally not looked into it a lot because I didn't want to spoil this AP in hopes I would play it someday. But just conceptually, knowing the you know the sticky note version that I knew, I was 
very excited at the opportunity to play Iron Gods. Can we roll that into our how did you all meet? Because I'm very curious how you all met. I just assumed everyone had met at birth and then Sam was like, we need one more person. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Raised as a pack. Yeah. yeah. It was a whole Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII thing where we had f- forgotten. I was going to make that together. joke. <laughs> 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 wow the most obscure pull in the world and <laughs> I'd say get out of my brain but you're welcome to stay as long as you'd like <laughs> that's weird keep that in so with uh, that Sam and Jeff mind melding there we are going to cut to commercial listen closely this is a public service announcement We don't have much time. I found out how they're listening, and it's insidious. Potatoes. They have devices built into the potatoes that hear inside your mind and inside your mouth. And they transmit the information back to their alien eldritch overlords led by Gorgajub. And Gorgajub is always listening. Do you understand? We need to throw out all of the potatoes into a volcano and cause a feedback loop that will be so intense that the psychic waves it shoots out will explode Gorgajub's brain and will finally be free. So, if you know where I can find a volcano, that information would be greatly appreciated. I think there used to be a purple one around here somewhere. I don't remember. It never seemed important before now. Remember, let me know where the volcano is. Steal all the potatoes. Don't think or talk about any of this. And you didn't hear any of this from me. The future of Garrett Burwaddle depends upon it. Okay, thank you, Garrett, for that enlightening uh, bit of information there. Anyway, seriously, Sam, we need, we need to get this guy off the show. My God. Okay, but uh, anyway, uh, so we have some questions from our Discord, which, by the way, uh, if you happen to miss when it was mentioned in the show, uh, we do have a Pot Against the Machine Discord, and we do have links to it included with every episode so please stop on by there's a nice little community there you can talk to us occasionally you can talk to the other scrappers just really nice place and we have some questions from there that we're gonna kind of go through here so our first question is from d and it's to all of us regarding just pathfinder play or any ttrpg play in general what has been your most gruesome player death to date? And I guess since I'm this week's host and I'm wondering the question, I'll start. I have mostly played uh, 5e lately. I had some quite a few deaths back when I played three and a half, but that was so long ago that I honestly don't remember the details about a lot of them. So I'm just going to go with a recent one that I remember more for the character I built after it than for the death itself. But had a character, a warlock in Curse of Strahd, and our players had the bad luck of constantly having Strahd show up. Basically, every time there's a random encounter rolled, there's a small percentage 
that the encounter is with Strahd, who is the uh, main villain of the entire campaign, so it's kind of bad to keep running into him early on. And at one point, the GM decided to just have him show up and cast basically a spell on everybody to knock us unconscious and then leave, because he didn't feel like role-playing an excuse for why Strahd didn't kill these level 2 characters for the third time. And he did it, and unfortunately my character was an elf and cannot be magically put to sleep. So he put everybody else to sleep and then snapped my guy's neck and left. <laughs> and that was how uh, that character met his fate about three sessions into the game. So that was a lot of fun. Jeff, what's your most brutal kill or a particularly brutal one you can remember? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a two-parter for the same character, a la Buffy. Let's do or die. Hey, I've died twice. So my good, good swash investigator, investibuckler, either way, uh, multi-classed, of bra, course. Bra. Maybe I'll multi-class Asher bra, someday. Bra. Who could say? But uh, the first death was in a... Basically like a noxious cloud. I can't remember if that... A uh, cloud kill. That's the one. Failing fort saves was something I did pretty regularly in play-by-post. Still do to this day. And you fail enough saves and you die in a cloud kill because it's a cloud that kills. This character was reincarnated. And rolling on the random reincarnation table came back as a goblin in a wilderness adventure path where goblins and hobgoblins are basically the mortal enemies of everyone in the region. So at the suggestion of a fellow party member, it was a, hey, why don't we just try this again? So he begrudgingly let his fellow party member coup de grace him with a hammer and (laughs) try reincarnation (laughs) again. (laughs) How about you, Zach? Well, trying to give an answer without spoiling any Pathfinder APs or society scenarios, which have been particularly brutal to my characters. Oh, uh, so we did a like homebrewish one-off, two-off, where we wanted to experiment with higher level play, uh, a group I was already doing uh, an AP with. So we rolled up some 13 level characters went at it with a summoner and my character, unfortunately the unarmored Ecclesiotherge cleric was swallowed whole by the flying Edelon, which was then later paralyzed in an act of questionable tactical prowess by one of our spellcasters to which both of us plummeted out of the air and splattered onto the ground. So I feel like that had to be the most brutal because I died inside another creature that was dying. I feel like that had to be the most brutal. There's some funny ones, but that one, I mean, ugh. All right, passing it on. Oh, wait, Sam, you can answer these. Sam. Oh, man. Um, well, I would say my most brutal was probably my archer magus, uh, Kailu. He was playing Serpent Skull, and he had basically, like, he'd been constantly dodging death basically because he fights from 100 feet away and can gets 30 rounds to kill things before they get to him. But in this particular fight, it was a frog hemoth. And those are... They're big. 
and they grab you and then they <laughs> eat you and then after you've been eaten your bow and arrow don't work so good and it's hard to cast spells inside the stomach of a giant frog and um, he was slowly digested to death while the rest of the party took a long time to kill said froggy myth so um is he how about you you guys are really stealing my thunder with the eaten and then dead thing. So while I would love to say this is a different and unique story, it's not. I'm allowed to twist that this happened on Thursday, and it's Tuesday. I don't even have, like, there's nothing else to say to that. I played my first caster, who was a caster with a sword, because I love a melee character. She tried to be the hero, as my characters are wont to do, uh, and it did not go well. So uh, she got knocked unconscious and then eaten by a troll frog? Some sort of flaming, flaming troll. It was because I wanted to use my reaction to Hellish Rebuke. Uh, because, like, if we said, I'm swear, f*** you, I'm not going down without a fight. Mm-hmm. No, I thought we said it's fine. Zach, your face is saying no, it's not. <laughs> I, I was lying, but it's because Jeff is my pop-up. <laughs> It's because I got to see Jeff's face quickly before the audio came through because they're a little out of sync. And I knew it was a swear because Jeff's eyebrows just turned It is your in. fault. It's your and fault. I was like, oh, oh, here it comes. Uh, goodness, Fine, I'm okay. sorry. It's my so, fault. I was joking when I said hey, that Hey, guy, swear. I don't know what, what you we're say. We're not on we're not Sirius that. XM yet. We will be. <laughs> I did not want to go down without a fight. So I didn't. I used my reaction to Hellish Rebuke when I should have used my reaction to Shield because apparently if you get, what is it? If you get clawed twice by a troll, you are you get additional damage, which I did not know about, which is just enough to murder me slowly. Well, knock me out and then murder me slowly. And that's my lesson learned on swears and on reactions. Both reactions in a way. You were also the first ever 5e character to die. <laughs> True Shots story. fired, Wizards of the Coast. Oh, hey! To be fair, that one I mentioned was five E, so you can also die if the GM gets bored of rolling the same uh, <laughs> random encounter too many times in a row and just kills somebody. After you fail nineteen consecutive death saves per the rules of the game, <laughs> so unlikely. Fair. I will say both of these times were the same GM, and both times I didn't fail death saves. It was just in the exact wrong place. It was like, oh, sounds like you're going to die. And because I'm new, I took him at his word. And now I'm going to take this podcast back and be like, my friend said no. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say before we move on <laughs> that the that the same D who asked this question is the D responsible for at least the first death of that character as a GM who made Cloud Kill happen. Thanks so much, buddy. <laughs> this tracks with what I know of D. I hope this satisfies your bloodlust, D. <laughs> it doesn't. It will. Um, it will reignite his thirst. It's like a salty snack. <laughs> so, question number two: Darby, elder of the player table, whose name I love. It sounds like a bloodborne boss. Asked. Who is the most fun in pregame show prep? And I think I'm going to say, for me, I think Zach, just because I there's a thing that he does where he will always show up with a background 
that is both really relevant to what we're doing and really funny. And half the time he won't say anything about it. He'll just sit there in front of it. <laughs> and that's my perfect kind of humor. <laughs> so that's who I'm going to say. And it's also who I'm going to go to next. Zach, who do you think is the funniest person in the pregame stuff? It's hard because I think all of us, when we don't have our like recording jitters, uh, can be a lot funnier and goofier than when we're like, oh my God, I'm going to say the wrong thing and get all the rules wrong. But my answer, without a doubt, is Jeff. Uh, just because like I, when I edit stuff, it is more often than not the silent killer of Jeff just getting something in just slightly. And then I notice it like two, three seconds later and I'm like, Bleh! and like it just, or later on editing and it just kills me. Yeah, solid delivery, uh, great dad jokes. Um, and I'm gonna now kick it over to you. This has turned into such a little compliment circle, uh, Jeff. <laughs> Aw, guys. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I would say it's hard to decide between everyone as well, but Sam and Zach both really crack me up. Sam's uh, kind of understated deadpan sense of humor really, really gets me for sure. And conversely, on the the times I've edited, it's like, man, these two are having these amazing <laughs> serial mascot conversations. And then the rest of us can only hope to contribute a reference. And it's just like, man, these guys are great. Um, yeah. I mean, Izzy, now you have to vote for yourself, but it's okay. That way everyone gets complimented. <laughs> I was going to say uh, that should go to Sam, but uh, cool. Yeah, Sam. Who's your favorite <laughs> Sam? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, during pre-game prep, I have no idea what any of you are saying because I'm all very serious and locked in and working on all the things like posting last week's episode because he has this on mute, super on time. <laughs> I have everything on mute. I'm material. talking to cats. I have no idea what's going on. But when I do come back and like actually edit the episodes, I will um, give Izzy points for all these little jokes that she's making under her breath that are, are only picked up if you're specifically listening to her track. And they're hidden in there, but they're, they're like little like prizes in the cereal box. <laughs> try to amplify them, and then it's too low because you're whispering off camera. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'll die. <laughs> yeah, Izzy will get you at least once or twice in an episode where you'll start an intro and Izzy will be saying something right before that and you will just die laughing. Yeah. <laughs> really call that more interruption. I was initially going to say uh, Jeff because Jeff. And we'll give Zach points for background. But I got to say, I feel like every time there is a music joke, which there always is a music joke. Uh, it's, it's really, that's kind of a kickoff by Drew. And half the time I'm like, this is, I'm gonna laugh because everyone else is laughing, but then I have to Google on my phone. It's so gonna be like, oh yes, that and then like any literature. It's like, ah. Oh. It's true. I'm, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh no, that's a book that I read once. So that's, um, that's, that's, that's like 50% me not knowing things and 50% Drew being like a secret genius. Congratulations. No. 
I'm the I'm the kind of guy that can win a game of Trivial Pursuit, but is a complete idiot when it comes to anything actually important with anything. <laughs> My partner calls me the Lord of Little Known Facts, and I invite you to share in that title anytime you want. It's just her way of being like, you've wasted a lot of brain space for useless conversational garbage, but in a kind way. Yeah. The regency to it. Um, so I see you on that. Okay, uh, next question is from Jobot, and it is, how did all of us come together? And again, I guess since I'm the first one talking, I will be the first one to answer. When COVID happened, I lost the two games I was currently doing. Both ended up stopping one of them because the person running it temporarily lost his job, which thankfully he has found another one, so that was good. And the other one just because the people doing it, everybody suddenly had a lot more important stuff to do. <laughs> and I happened to look in the looking for group thing in the Glass Cannon podcast discord and saw a message from a user called Monkeys, Bears, and Robots. And one, I thought the name was interesting. And two, it was specifically a group with the idea of having recorded sessions, which just sounded interesting because it wasn't something I've done before. I have a couple of friends who have done video game streaming, so I had a little bit of experience in talking in front of an audience, kind of, and I had the equipment, so I took him up on the offer and said, you know, that sounds interesting, and that's pretty much how we got to this. Izzy, how about you? Similar origins, I guess, kind of. When COVID happened, I lost my job and was like, I don't know what to do with my time now. Long story short, I found tabletop gaming and was like, cool, this seems fun. <laughs> and started with one game and by the second month was playing five games a week like a crazy person because I had no job. What was I was going to do? And also found a looking for games post, but on the, on like, I think that it was like the looking for games Reddit uh, or sub Reddit, but this time by a user named Bags of Soup. And I thought, hey, that's a reference to 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it for me. It was like, great, this will be fun. The recorded sessions were somewhat appealing and then I was like, all right, that that is some dedication to quality. Whereas the first thing I found when I started playing these games is people will fall off pretty quickly and I was getting real bored of that. So I was like, once they're recording, people have to stay, which has been true so far. And here we are, uh, Jeff. Yeah, eerily similar. COVID happened. Although I, I didn't really lose any of my current games. I had just... This is my third attempt, first successful attempt at an actual play podcast. I was a player in a short-lived, never-published Tyrant's Grasp podcast. It was going to be great. And then a <laughs> player in the, I think technically on permanent hiatus, probably never going to happen podcast. Sorry, fans. And that was going to be an extinction curse in Pathfinder First Edition. So I also had equipment. I was ready. And then uh, both of those had fallen by the wayside. We had recorded all of one session of one in February, uh, right before coronavirus. And then that went on hiatus. And when that happened, I was looking on the looking for group, find a game and saw this one. It may have been on the Southern Tomfoolery Discord server. Shout out to uh, the possums of SDF. And yeah, I had seen monkeys, bears, and robots around the discords before. I don't think we'd had much interaction, if any, before this. But I, I was an eager 
applicant. <laughs> Both because of the aforementioned interest in Iron Gods, but also just how much actual play podcasts have brought joy to my life, like for real. Because I really enjoy actual play podcasts. They've been my introduction to Pathfinder, having not played it previously. And yeah, I I was incredibly hopeful. And yeah, I was really excited about the combination of an adventure path I've been wanting to play and it being on actual play podcast. <laughs> How about you, Sam? <laughs> How did you meet all of us? <laughs> you thought I was going to ask Zach. You were supposed to go to Zach next. <laughs> um. So yeah, I decided a ways back that I wanted to start an actual play podcast. Basically, a lot of the same kinds of reasons as Jeff was listening. I really liked actual play podcasts. I started listening to the Adventure Zone at work because I was, you know, sitting off in a cubicle and no one ever talked to me. So I could do something with my ears all day long and, you know, do my job and have entertainment at the same time. I got really into that move from podcast to podcast and I was like, I want to do this. I like writing stories. I like telling stories. And and I started, I got really into Pathfinder with Glass Cannon and I just love the mechanics of the game. I used to play 3.0 and 3.5 forever ago. So I started looking through the adventure paths and I looked at Jason, what do you do pods' list of what podcasts were out there. And I saw that there, there was a, a gap for Iron Gods and it just struck me as like the coolest concept. So I can elaborate more on that in a different question. But I had a couple people who were lined up to play, who I thought were going to be on the podcast, who um, wound up not being super interested. I had a couple other people who uh, were playing with me in other games, who uh, were kind of in and out, um, and one of them uh, bowed out of it. I wound up putting on the, the looking for group posts and several discords and on Reddit, basically thinking like I need a couple more people. And it turned out that all of you came from those posts. You weren't anyone that I knew ahead of time but through the application process and through several different iterations of just like talking to each other and stuff <laughs> you know I th the chemistry was good and we did some test games and like the first test game we did Zach, Dro, and Jeff were all in the same game and they just had instant chemistry and I was just like the these three are like they were going bouncing off each other fighting a, a robot frog that I made up for the adventure and they, they were just you know going back and forth and i was like this is really good and then uh, izzy was in a, a different test game and she was just you know really easy to talk to and really understated humor and also got the ridiculous 30 rock reference in my reddit username which i just rattled off because i was binge watching 30 rock because of corona or covid nobody calls it corona anymore <laughs> but yeah i thought every these people seemed like they had a lot of enthusiasm and seemed like they were, you know, fun to talk to and were very different players had very different voices and just, you know, everybody seemed to fit together really well. Now Zach has to answer. <laughs> well, you see, there was this mountain that had this light coming out of it and then it stopped and then everyone got headaches. So no, but I, I do think that's kind of funny that, Prior to this, almost all of my experience gaming had been with friends, people I'd either met through gaming or friends that I dragged into it. And there'd usually be an even composition of, of both. 
And a lot of the podcasts that I really enjoy, like Glass Cannon, um, Find the Path, Hideous Laughter, et cetera, et cetera, these people have clearly been friends for long periods of time. And one of the joys of listening to those podcasts is that parasocial experience of, of having these close friend groups that have these jokes and how that works. But one of the things I, I love and find so interesting about us is much like the premise of how our characters met, we met. Like we met literally answering a call for adventurers, right? And I think it's it's goofy to say it that way, but I also think it's kind of fun. I think that's something that like makes our group really interesting is that uh, while I do really appreciate listening to podcasts that have these pre-established effective relationships with one another, it's added this, you know, layer of similitude. It's like, it's made this very interesting to get to know each other as our characters get to know each other and to you know similar to everybody else i was checking uh looking for group posts because of covid because I could no longer play in-person games and had some unsatisfying pickup games and, and weird play-by-post experiences and then just the the level of organization and commitment that went into this that i think is attendant to being a podcast really helped because it's and i mean i hate myself when i miss a game or when i don't give 100% in a game or something, because I know running at least one AP, how much energy and effort goes into it. So it was really cool to know that this would be a group of people that would be bringing their best every week for somebody who has this clear vision that is, yeah, no, it's such an awesome project. And I say this as like, no uh, hyperbole. This is like bright spot of my quarantine. There's been some, some good things that have happened, but this project has just been so helpful for me during what has been a really hard time for everybody I know um, and it's yeah it's been amazing honestly it's funny to do it now but I don't think I've had a chance to thank everybody for the fact that this project has been so good for my everything <laughs> so I think we're like kind of supposed to go into a new question but I do think Zach what you said is it feels worth piling on to part of it is just fascination it's been interesting to hear how like you all met because like I said I was like I assume they've just known each other from birth and then Sam needed one more person that's kind of a joke but also I had no idea how you knew each other I didn't know any of those other podcasts existed and I didn't realize that podcasts had discords which I think then very closely aligns with my entire Pathfinder experience and to some degree my entire RPG experience which has been exclusively online so it's so bizarre for me to hear people talk about like their home games and like actually rolling dice and having paper sheets it's like another like oh that sounds funny who does that I kind of joked with you guys once I didn't the like the first time I ever played a game was on roll 20 and so it wasn't until I signed up for this game I was like oh I'm not gonna swear oh my goodness am I gonna need dice because they're all talking about rolling dice and then I got a pair of dice and then I was like (laughs) who would ever need more than one set of dice and now I have an ungodly amount of dice All of that to say, it's so interesting seeing, especially now that we have the Discord, hearing other people talking about their Pathfinder experiences, because all I've ever known of Pathfinder is like, you guys. And at this point, you were also my longest running game. I, yeah, no, like, I think every other, every other, because I didn't start until last summer, I have one group that I've played a little more with, but we're much less consistent and so much less professional. And because, probably because I met that group online, like I met you guys, but working toward the goal of podcast has like given this a different let's see how do I say this without being weird and gross it's just it's 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 I feel like we are friends as opposed to that group where I'm like these are people that I sometimes play with and it's just it's like it's it's bizarre right because yeah I would say at this point I talk to you all 
more than most people. I changed job, like I don't, I live alone. So, but this is like a consistent fun thing. And yeah, it's like, obviously COVID is the worst, but like, this is a fun, bizarre, if you had told me a year ago, so many of these things, maybe in March by this time last year, it'd have been like, I could see that in a year. But if you told me to be doing a Pathfinder podcast with a bunch of strange on the internet, I would say, what is Pathfinder? So I would also like to thank you all for this being an experience wholly different than anything I could have anticipated. And all good. Good for you guys. Yeah, as uh, considering my first two attempts at actual plays failed before they were ever released an episode. I mean, this was this has been phenomenal. It's It's been something that we've all mentioned, but well, four out of the five of us have mentioned wanting to, to do something like this for a while. And likewise, my only other game I have, which started as an in-person game locally and then transitioned to Roll20 during the coronavirus, uh, I joked that it was my bi-weekly in quotes game that I hadn't played in three months. And then it, it's, it's uh, technically on hiatus, asterisk. But yeah, the consistency, the friendship that's growing almost as close as our characters now, I think. Yeah. Almost, I joke. But, but yeah, this has been the same. Best part of coronavirus has been bringing us all together. I mean, really, the Adventure Path's success has been the friends we made along the way. Maybe the real pandemic was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Nailed it. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since this has turned into a lot of happiness and feels, I do want to thank all of you for joining this ridiculous project that I was pretty sure it was never actually going to do. And I think that I mean the reason that it, it made it all the way to actually, you know, being a show that's come out is almost entirely because you are all awesome. And I probably would have given up if you weren't all awesome. And you know, now we have a show that I like a lot and hopefully people out there like it a lot and I think it's a cool Portugal and New Zealand yeah love us that's <laughs> true <laughs> we've been awesome. doing well in Poland lately too awesome so shout out to Poland and continuing that love circle just as a quick actual thing I can't state enough the people that are in our discord the people that tweet at us the people that just talk about our show at all um, how much that means to us Literally, it's, it is so cool to watch someone take time to pay attention. And even if it's just to like, be like, you got this rule wrong. I'm like, you listened enough to notice that I got that rule wrong? Like, I mean, I think it's, I think it's so awesome. You know, there are so many other great podcasts out there just for Pathfinder, for actual play, for TTRPG, for whatever. And the fact that people are giving us their ear space and then coming in to talk to us about and each other about the pod just makes me so happy. It literally, it, it makes me feel uh, so many different ways. Um, and if you haven't joined us, please come join us. We're fun. We post a lot of, there's a lot of cat photos. It's a lot of cats. Yeah, and in uh, a war of attrition, ongoing war of attrition, as all good discords should have. But yeah, thank you again, everybody, so much for for all of your questions and interests. Yeah, it's been surreal. It's been awesome. Yeah, no, uh, just uh, cut back to me again because I didn't go far in. 
didn't realize how real this was, last question was going to get. But yeah, no, I just got to pretty much echo what everybody else has said. Uh, I mean, you guys have all been awesome. And like Saxa, it's amazing to me that like when we released our first couple episodes, because we released like three of them on the first day just to kind of get it out there. And I remember at the end of the day, Sam saying like, oh, yeah, we have like 50 downloads. And I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> like that that's not there is not 50 people that want to listen to me play a freaking ttrpg game like that's not something that happened now at the time of this recording we're at like close to 8,000 total downloads across multiple platforms and we have a discord where people are on every day talking to us talking about the show in their favorite moments and stuff it amazes me that this was not only something that worked but something that people are getting enjoyment out of and it's just incredible and i want to thank the rest of the cast you guys are awesome and i want to thank all of the uh people out there in our community all of our scrappers uh you guys are all awesome and i hope you have all enjoyed this first episode of machine learning a pod about the machine by pod against the machine <laughs> the only podcast of the supplementary podcast with a 25 word title good night everybody <laughs> good night good night everybody good night sam oh when the mort no no when the murder hornets came so we're gonna have to cut that part out because of how the joke that i didn't know enough about didn't land so we'll just uh trail off there and call it a day i'm gonna go to bed good night night,